Welcome to the Women in Faith podcast. I'm Stephanie Schwartz, the host of Women in Faith, and we're here to help women trust and obey God by knowing and applying His Word. I have my friends Jen Gray and Sarah Cox back with me today. Um, Let me ask you guys, Jen, let me start with you. Uh, Let's say you had two hours and your house was totally clean. What would you do with those two hours? We always say, and the laundry's done, and the garage is in order, the yard work. Uh, Okay, if that were actually to happen, uh, my first thought is I would just sit. I would sit, Mm -hmm. I would enjoy the peace and the quiet, and I would do absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. I would do nothing. (laughs) Um, My second inclination is to do something with my kids that's Mm -hmm. not a task. Mm -hmm. I feel like our life has been busy, especially now with Christmas and um, all of the things that we're involved in. Um, So just to have time to sit with them and to Mm -hmm. hang out and to play a game where I'm not feeling burdened by tasks. Hmm. Yeah. What about you, Sarah? If you had those two hours and your chores were done, your laundry was done, et cetera, what would you do? I think in my mind, theoretically, I would love to curl up on the couch with a good book, Mm. with a blanket and get a fire going in the fireplace, something Mm -hmm. like that. And I would probably start that. And then I would decide that I need to organize some cabinet or some part of my home (laughs) or some part that was dirty that has been begging me forever. And I would totally go there and start rearranging stuff. (laughs) Yeah, totally. That's so funny. Well, you guys have been such a great blessing to our women's ministry, and I thank you so much for everything that you've done here. And I'm so grateful that you're here to talk about parenting again. We have five sessions on this topic, and this time we want to look at parenting elementary age kids. And when I say that, we're talking maybe six or kindergarten through to sixth grade. Uh, Last time we focused a lot on, you know, parenting young kids, parenting toddlers and preschoolers and uh, teaching them to follow the rules. And this time we want to kind of get under the surface a bit more and maybe explore why they're Mm -hmm. following the rules. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thinking about that, you know, I guess it's a given that we need to have family rules. Right. Uh, do you guys have rules in your family? What kind of rules do you have? Um, one of our huge rules in our home is just first-time obedience. Mm-hmm. I know we talked about that in the last session, but how important that is because it just comes up continually throughout the years in your home. You know, mm-hmm. So that means obeying right away, all the way, with a good attitude, not delaying obedience. And those things can start to slip and you start to say, delayed Obedience is disobedience. Hmm. You cannot obey on your terms. Hmm. You have to obey, you know, right. when mom or dad say it yeah. needs to be done, not right. in your terms. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think even that temptation to count to 10, to yeah. count to three, or to raise our voice, like mm-hmm. we're training our kids no matter what. So why not train them to obey the first time? Right. Rather than train them to obey when mom starts yelling or yeah. train them to obey, you know, once mom gets to 10 or right. nine or whatever the random number is that yeah. we Yeah, Yeah. which proves that they can do it at a specific time, because I remember that too, counting to 10 and watching them scramble on 10, and then someone pointing that out, like, why? Why not just say it the first time? It's like, oh... I never thought about that. (laughs) That makes perfect sense. If they can scramble on 10, they can scramble when you say it's time to do X, Y, or Z. Uh, Yeah, that's a great one. First time obedience. Uh, Anything else that you guys would say are good family rules that you have? Well, I like under obedience for our kids to say, yes, mom, yes, Mm -hmm. dad. If that sounds too stuffy, then I'm fine with okay. Like to me, I just want them to have sort of a verbal contract. I said to do something and they're saying, okay. Yes, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do it right now. 
So they're and acknowledging that you gave them that instruction. Yep, they and heard it. to it. Yep, they understood it, and they're going to do it. So mm, now we have a good. verbal contract. Mm, that's so it's really not, good. I didn't hear you. I didn't know. I mean, I still get that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, I didn't hear you. I didn't know. So right. Yeah, that's great. Might help. I would say another would be just be respect, respect mm-hmm. in general, respecting people, mm-hmm. respecting authority, yeah. respecting property. Mm. Those sort of things are pretty big. And I think they're just important because they just have to learn that all these things va- are, matter. They, yeah. You know, people matter. People right. matter to God. Mm-hmm. And you, it matters how you act to them. It matters right. how you act to yours authority. Yeah. You know, yeah. when I'm not there, they are in charge of you. And it matters how you respond to them, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I yeah. think that respect, like you said, can fall under two kind of clear categories. People and property, like you said. I know under the people category, one example where I felt like, oh, this is just, it's a success with one of my kids. Uh, They were at school and a substitute teacher came in and the kids were just being brutal to Mm. the sub. Mm -hmm. And I know this is common and I know it's just super accepted. And the kids thought that it was funny. They're, you know, throwing little pieces of paper at the teacher when she turned around. And um, my kid came home and felt bad. Mm. They felt bad for the teacher. They felt bad about the whole situation. Mm -hmm. Um, They didn't participate in it, but they weren't sure how to stop it. Mm. I mean, that's something that's a tricky thing. Mm -hmm. So we were able to talk through that, maybe encouraging others to do the right thing. But it helped me to be encouraged that they were understanding this. We honor and we respect people. Mm. Yeah, and just teaching them all the time. That person matters. Would yeah. you like to be that substitute teacher who comes in and has a goes home and has a horrible day? Mm-hmm. You know, would you like that to be you? And just having these conversations, you realize, no, you you are going to give them either a good day or a bad day by how you are acting. That mm-hmm. matters, you yeah. know? Yeah, so that's great. Yeah, helping them to see those yeah, things. Yeah, I think that's great. So it sounds like you guys are really focusing a lot on helping them to value other humans mm-hmm. and to even think through the lens of that other person. Right. Yeah, yeah. When even thinking um, church, like when we send our kids to church mm-hmm. and the church leaders are saying it's worship time and we're going to sing these songs and they just kind of sit there with their arms crossed right? or it's game time. Right. Oh no, I don't want to play a game. Mm. I don't like that game. Right. Or I'm not good at that game. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we still do it because right. the leader has said to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. You guys mentioned respecting property too. What do you mean by that? Um, items in the home, item in other people's home, just respecting that it, somebody had to pay for that. It mm. wasn't free. It didn't, you know, and if you don't treat it well, you're not treating their stuff well. Their mm-hmm. stuff is an extension of someone. Right. Someone's bought it. Someone's paid for it. Someone's invested in that. And just treating them to respect those things because they would want their stuff to be respected. Mm-hmm. You know, they would want, they wouldn't want people to come in their home and trash their room and trash their toys and trash their stuff mm-hmm. in the same way. They don't, we don't, you know, they just need to be aware of that and be conscientious of other people's stuff. Right. You know? Yeah. Right. This, I think it's probably a little bit of a bigger problem with younger siblings. Mm-hmm. I know that comes up in our house where there's younger siblings mm-hmm. and they want to use the older siblings' right. things yeah. or they want to go in their room. And I don't want to make it where, oh, their room is off limits. Mm-hmm. Let's right. just learn to respect their property. Yeah. You know, don't use things without asking. Mm-hmm. Right. If you break it, you have to use your money or you have to work off mm-hmm. so that you can, you know, the ability to pay to buy a new thing. Right. To replace yeah. it. That is a natural built-in thing right there, though. If you have the expectation that if something breaks, oh, that's always painful in our home. You know, it right. helps them to respect other people's things if they break it and they have to oh, buy yeah. a new one with their own money. Yeah, that's a good one. It's <laughs> built in. Yeah. 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 Well, that's really good. Uh, what about, do you guys have chores that you expect from your kids at this age, kindergarten through sixth grade? Do you think they're still a bit too young to be doing chores? What do you think? 
No, absolutely. They're a, I always tell my kids, you're a vital part of this household. Mm. You're a productive member of our home and you have something to contribute. Mm. And I try to make it a positive thing. You have the ability to help us as a family. And if we get these things done, we have more time for fun things. Right. That's one of my favorites in our home is many hands make light work. If it's just me doing all of it and everyone sits around, first of all, that's not teaching them that... They are, that's just teaching them to be really self-centered, you know, that it's all about me and not even being aware that I'm cleaning and they're just doing nothing. No, it's like, it's important for them to learn that they are needed, that they have chores, there's expectations for them. They, they can't just loaf around and think that everything revolves around them. You're part of this family. It means you're part of the team and part of the team means you're going to join in and do stuff with the rest of us. I can remember my kids and even I've seen friends posting videos on Instagram, things like that, where their little toddlers are putting silverware away, Mm, you know, they're, or they're sorting the Tupperware containers that Mm -hmm. are in the dishwasher and it's fun for them. Mm. I remember another friend having her child put the clothes from the washer to the dryer Mm -hmm. and he was so little. Mm. So we can do this if we start young. And it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, difficult or laborious. We can make it fun, but basically they just need to be helpful. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's one of those things like if they, if we don't start it now, what's going to happen later? You know, yeah, we're going to, they're going to be 18 and they're going to want to not have to do anything. Well, right. that's not, that's going to just frustrate the daylights out of us. Yes. So it's like, we have to set a standard of you're part of this home. We're helping from the get go, yeah. you know? Yeah. I think, too, something that's helped us is having very consistent daily chores. Mm -hmm. So that's every single day, over and over, they get a chance to practice these habits. Every day, get up, make your bed, put your pajamas away, you know, brush your teeth, and then put the toothbrush away, all Mm -hmm. of those sort of daily regular Mm -hmm. habits. And then on top of it, there are extra chores. Maybe Saturday morning, Mm -hmm. we go through and we help clean the bathrooms, things like that. Yeah. It takes a burden off of me, too, as a mom. Yeah. Life skills. That's great. That's great. I heard... uh, a pastor once talking about uh, he had the expectation to make his bed before he went to school. And he went to school one day and the principal came into his class and said, um, your mom called and it's super important. You need to go back home. Oh. And I think he walked like a half a mile to get to school and yeah. went running home, didn't know what was going on. And his mom said, you forgot to make the bed. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Yes. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I like totally. that. But I think, you know, our culture's kind of drifted from that, expecting certain things from kids, even elementary school age. So I think that's great that you guys expect that and implement that in your home. Do they ever break the rules? Well, I'm kind of giggling as we talk because it kind of sounds as if my kids don't do all these yeah. things wrong. Oh, yeah. It's like, no yeah. way. This picture is not being painted accurately because they fall short all the time, as do I. Mm-hmm. You know, they break rules. I break rules. Um, I'm trying to set a good example for them, yes, but knowing that just creating an environment that we are all sinners. They are mm-hmm. sinners and I'm sinners. Yeah. And we are going to yeah. fall short all the time. They are going to stumble and... I just, I just want them to know that that is what's going to happen through this life and just make it clear to them, like, you, you sin because you're a sinner. Mm-hmm. And I have to have the expectation. I expect them to sin because they're sinners, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. And I think talking them through that and really appealing to their conscience and helping them to see areas that they have sinned and mm-hmm. to be in agreement with that. Right. You know, we have had success in some areas and not all areas. Again, I'm with Sarah. Like mm-hmm. my kids are sinners right. and we're continually having to go over that. But we're, they have been able to say, you know, you're right. I, I didn't do my chore. Mm-hmm. I left without doing what I was supposed to do. And I chose to do it my way. You know, I'm sorry. 
and we just restore. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Do you ever think it's important to look at maybe the motives for what they're doing or why they're doing it or not doing it? Or is that something that would be way too advanced at this age? No, I think it's essential because it shows the, that's from the heart. Everything, everything comes from the heart, you know? Um, I think it's just a matter of those conversations. Why are you doing what you're doing? Why, like Jen said, why didn't you do your chore? Well, mm-hmm. because ultimately I wanted to do what I wanted, which was right. sit there on the couch and whatever right. it is, right. you know? Yeah, yeah, or right. why did you get angry at your sibling? Well, it's because I, I, I wanted my way and mm-hmm. he was doing it and I was, I was angry. So then, you know, you're getting to see that you sin because you are a sinner and just helping them understand that, that that's the nature of who they are, right. you know? Yeah, and they're going to fight against that their whole life, mm-hmm. right? Putting yeah. off their desires mm-hmm. for the yeah, sake of absolutely. Else. So yeah. maybe having that biblical principle with motives of teaching them they do right because of a love for God and a love for others, mm-hmm. and sometimes you just do right. Right, yeah. Focusing on Jesus' great commandments, right? Right. To love God and love others, I guess that can't start too early. Right. And then, you know, looking at what that means to love God and love others, I'm sure that's a lifetime process. Right. And especially, I feel like these things come up again and again in my home. I may teach them to obey and they may seem like they're doing well when they're five, but Mm -hmm. then when they're seven, you know, things have changed in their lives and they're, you know, and so again, always reiterating, like these things keep happening Mm because we're, we keep being sinners. So when they're 10 and they're going to obedience is going to keep coming up right. and they're 14 and it's going to keep coming up just yeah. like it does with me and my shortcomings and my sins, you know, it's mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm wrestling with them and it's continual. So just keep having those discussions, you know? Yeah, that's great. So keeping that motive on loving God, loving other people, doing it because this is what God's asked us to do, which yeah. like you said, yeah. is the same thing that we have to apply to our own lives. Right. Totally. Yeah. I think too, with that, with motives too, one last thing is making sure that we stay away from a constant kind of idea of I can't control my kid. And so I need to bribe them. Mm -hmm. I've got to find some way to buy their obedience uh, on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, we, we want to kind of stay away from that. Yeah. Like what would that look like or sound like? Oh, I don't know. It would be a continual, you better be good. If you're good, I'll pay you Ten dollars, right? Right. Just the idea of not learning to obey because it's what God says, because it's the right thing to do, but learning to obey because I want this extra bonus thing. Like I, she said, if I'm good in class, I'll get ice cream every time. So they're good in class and they're doing it to get ice cream every single time. Which not, you know, what are you going to do when you can't give ice cream? You know, what are you going to do when they're in school and you're not there and they haven't learned to obey because that's authority? Yeah, what are you going to do when you obey Christ and you suffer for it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It doesn't go well. Yeah. But it doesn't mean we can't reward them. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we're seeing patterns of right behavior, they are denying themselves, they're choosing others. I, I think it's good to yeah, say, hey, right. you know what? I see that you're working really hard in this and we've been working on this together. Let's go get yogurt. Mm, yep. And that then it's like a surprise for yeah, them. Yeah, that's it's totally a reward. Right. It's yeah. not a continual bribe. Yeah, that's right. awesome. So you can reward them periodically when they're successful. What about when they fail? Uh, what do you have them do when they've you know sinned or disobeyed? Yeah, I think that conversation, I mean, we need to be consistent with the discipline. So we've set forth, if they're disobeying, then there has to be your whatever consequence that you and your husband have decided, a painful consequence. But then mm-hmm. there also needs to be the, the conversation of confessing their sin, mm-hmm. confessing their sin before you and before whoever else they've sinned and before God. Right. You know, that they are in agreement, yes, I have done wrong, mm-hmm. and admitting it and admitting they've done wrong and then asking for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You know, not saying I'm sorry, mm-hmm. <laughs> not right. saying... right. 
I'm sorry I did this, but really owning it and saying, I have done wrong. I am sorry. Will you please forgive me for disobeying? You know, it's Mm. a lot different than just a casual, I'm sorry. Yeah. I think too, as our kids are getting older, we're able to start to see kind of sin patterns. Mm. So I have a really good book that's by kind of like by sin topic, I guess Mm -hmm. you would say. Um, And I've gone through and I've made notes Mm. in each category since my kids were young. And it's helpful for me to go and look at that because I can see that it's these same areas that they struggle Mm -hmm. and they may struggle for a long time with these, maybe for their whole lives Mm. that just may be their particular sinful bent or tendency. And so helping them to identify that in themselves and to work against that. Right. You know, to to fight against that. Well, when they do, you know, actually then confess their sin, so to speak, or, you know, ask for forgiveness, does that mean that any consequence is dropped? No, No. I think you still need the consequence. Mm. You still need to carry through and show consistently that's what's going to teach them. I mean, if I never had a consequence for touching fire, Mm -hmm. it would never actually... I would keep touching fire, you know? So the consequence is necessary for for them to learn that I'm consistently expected to to do this, and here's why, Mm. you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think just because they say, I'm sorry, please forgive me, um, we just need to follow through. Right, yeah. Regardless. Because they're going to learn otherwise. (laughs) Please forgive me could also be their easy ticket out. (laughs) You know what I mean? Away from the consequence. If we say, please forgive me when they don't even mean it, then it doesn't really matter. I can say this and I'm not going to get in trouble again. Right. You know? So just being consistent. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, What about, uh, let's say that you're at home and your kids have, you know, some kind of an argument or dispute with one another and you're not in the same room with them. You don't know what went on. They come out, he did, she did. How do you handle that kind of stuff? Yeah, I think that, I mean, that does happen, (laughs) right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It just happened to me not not long ago, recently, actually, um, with one of my kids. And sometimes I think you just, you don't, ultimately ever know the answer. We just have to paint it to them like God knows. Mm. God mm-hmm. knows. We need to fear God mm-hmm. because God knows. Right. And we want to be honest and confess our sins because he's a holy God. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we just, as a parent, we can't ultimately know and have to be okay with that. Right. You know, we want to say, here's, you know, you were part of it. You obviously did something that you were involved in. And let's talk about what you did and what we do know and give consequences for that. But sometimes we can't, just can't get to the bottom of it and that's okay. And we have to be okay with that. Yeah, and I think typically, too, that circumstance will probably come up again. Right. I mean, this isn't the one shot that right. you have right. to yeah. fix this problem. Right. So you address both of their responsibility in the incident, whatever it was, mm-hmm. and you move on. Right. And you wait for it to come back up again. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yes. yeah. So I think that moving on is important, you know, not holding grudges yeah. or, right. you know, being steeped in bitterness. Do you uh, find that that's easy or hard to help them to move on? Yeah, I think it just depends. I Mm -hmm. mean, I think for all of us, it's like we want to hold people to this, like, but you did this. Right. And so teaching them a culture in our home of forgiving, of Mm -hmm. not holding things over someone, of not continually bringing up old issues. Right. Right. We don't want to keep like holding it over others. Mm. Yeah. That's, you know, temptation for all of us, I think, sometimes to get historical when things have gone wrong. You know, well, you're still doing this because A, B, C, all these other times, but that's not also modeling biblical forgiveness in so many ways. And we actually keep bringing it up again. What has happened? Yeah. You know, so just realizing when when they confess and we have to move on, we have to move on emotionally too and just move past it, fresh start. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think we have to do the same thing with ourselves. When we fail as parents, 
we, you know, confess and we take responsibility for yeah. what we've done wrong and then we've got to move on. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. We can't just keep, you know, beating ourselves over the head as bad parents. But it is great to know that if we follow these principles, our kids will certainly be Christians, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. It's well, a nice formula. little formula. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love formulas. Yeah. So do I. That's been a hard pill to swallow and get my mind around over the years, but it's yeah, so true. Too. It's like, you know, in First Corinthians, when Paul is talking about all the different people who contributed to the fruit growing. Mm-hmm. And he says, only God causes the growth. Yeah. You know, Paul is watered, whatever, but only God causes the growth. And we, we, we can't do these things because we think we're going to produce salvation in our kids. Or if we read them the Bible and bring them to church and do this stuff, we're going to, they're going to, they're going to get saved, but it's a work of God. Only he can raise the dead. And so we just have to be faithful before God because we answer to God, but we can't save them and just keep having those truths side by side in our heart and be prayerful, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. And we can't control their behavior. This is the age where they're starting to go out from our root under our roof. Mm-hmm. When they're toddlers, there's mo- they're mostly at home. Yeah. So their sinfulness is at home with us. Mm-hmm. But now they're over at friends' houses, they're at school, they're at church, you know, kids' ministry, um, Awana. And I know sometimes it can be tempting to say, mm-hmm. oh, well, he acted out or she acted out. That's a reflection of me, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> right. <laughs> totally. <laughs> because Absolutely. it's like, I buy into sometimes that formula idea. Yeah. Like, if I do this, then they will be a certain way. Right. But we know that yeah. just isn't true. So. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's great. So we teach them to follow the rules because the motive is wanting to love God and please God and to love others. And so I think I hear you guys saying that's the same reason that we parent rightly is because yeah. we want to love God and we want to obey God. And that's what he's called us to do. Yep. Well, you know what? We're out of time. Thanks okay. so much for listening. Uh, Please don't forget to subscribe, share, like, and comment. You can even email us at wf at compasschurch.org with any questions or topic suggestions that you have. And next time I'm going to join back with Jen and Sarah, and we're going to look at parenting in the junior high and the high school years. So I am looking forward to meeting again next time. 